This is exactly right. I'm Babs Gray, and if everyone's so environmentally conscious, why have we not fully embraced the plastic spork? Big questions from Babs Gray, everybody. I'm Brandy Posey, and fuck it, give every crab a knife. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tess Barker, and those Chick-fil-A ads where a cow is telling you to eat a different animal, um, does that make some people hungry? <laughs> and this is Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. We got Barbara Brandy and of course Big Tess. We got a show for everyone that's the fucking best. Come on, baby. It's time to hang out with your favorite ladies. Ladies and ladies, ladies and What's up, everyone? Welcome to the show. Woo woo! Coming to you from the past to the future in your present ears. I feel like all of our opening jokes today, we kind of had like synchronicity, like they were all about like food or animal foods. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> yeah, I like I like it when a crab defends itself because mm-hmm. it already kind of has knives, and then when of it holds course. an extra knife, it's like. Do you think it knows it's holding a knife when it does? I, I think. I kind of think it so does. Bat, are we talking about the Little Mermaid? That's the only no. sentient crab I can think. Or oh no, have you ever seen those? Crab? There's a lot of videos of like crabs <gasps> with like a knife that'll just like scuttle around that pick up a no. knife and they just oh yeah, it's uh oh. maybe maybe that's only my algorithm. It might be, but oh my god, <laughs> I've seen several. It sounds of them. very brandy algorithm adjacent. I yes. need to get in on your algorithm, brandy. Mine sucks. Mine's just like yoga pants and hats that say wanderlust. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that also that feels right. That does feel that feels a little bit a little it, it's trolling you but it's accurate. <laughs> we wanted to uh promote we ha- we are going to be doing a show on August 1st, a yes. live show in LA, our first live show in a million years for, you know, unquestionable reasons. Um but yeah. we're doing it uh, at, well, sorry, what's the venue again? Oh, the Permanent Records Roadhouse out Permanent here Roadhouse. in uh, Glassell Park, East LA. It's an awesome, awesome venue. It also has, sells a bunch of vinyl. They have a full liquor license bar. Um, we're so going to do a live excited. show. And the best news, and the best news, I think, for that for everybody is that mm-hmm. if you are a patron, you're going to be able to watch us do our eating competition through live stream at the show. We yes. will be eating pies live yeah, in person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I've, I've become been a patron debating, if you want to watch that. I've been debating strategy with my boyfriend, so I am coming prepared. Also, Hollywood hunk uh, Ryan Nemeth is going to be emceeing our oh uh, our uh, our thing. Okay, so, let's let's bring yeah. in our guest. This has been too much bullshit about us. Uh, she's absolutely amazing. Uh, she's the lead singer of a band called Weird the Union. They have a great new album called Ordinary Life that's out. It's Reed Wolcott, everybody! Yay! <laughs> Welcome. Ooh. Do you have any? If have you ever been in a pie eating contest, Reed? And do you have any tips if you were in one? I haven't. But, <laughs> you know, I think. I mean, I think what I would do is like the taco method, where you kind of like try and get the whole thing. Oh, kind of that's really time. smart. You know, you try and compact oh. it as much as you can, and you just slide it down the gullet. That's what I would do. I like. Yeah, that. I think we are going to do hands behind the back, so we can't do a oh. fold. But that's a very, very. I think the gullet, the gullet method is smart, though. Just the kind of like engulfing at once. Yeah. It's kind of like when you roll up your clothes when you're packing, you just get it compact. Yes. <laughs> yes. We've all toured. We know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good call. I like it. Uh, Reed, what is your what is your algorithm show you? I'd like to know. My algorithm is very confused at the moment. Uh, it doesn't really yeah. know. Uh, mostly like, mostly late, lately, it's like, I'm caught in the pit of like, I interact with one person's post and then it shows me every single post that they've ever made for the next five mm-hmm. days. Um, so I'm stuck in that weird world right now, which I think means like the algorithm doesn't know what the fuck to do with me. The algorithm yeah. thinks you have a crush on someone and it's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. give you more. That's, I would say that's a good sign though. Like if you've stumped your algorithm, you're free. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my, that's so depressing. <laughs> Oh my god. So, Reed, are y'all on the road? Are you like performing? Are you getting back out there? What are you up to? So, we we have shows on the calendar starting at the end of October. 
Um, that's kind of like our, that's our metric. We were trying to like rush a little bit and, and get something out for fall, but our feeling right now is like everybody's doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, probably best to like wait it out and try and try and get in on the, uh, on the, the winter. And then, and then like once spring rolls around, we'll be, we'll be really going, but yeah, we're, we're, we're playing a little more conservative and waiting. Um, that's a good call. I mean, yeah. cause you're right. Everything is like going on at once now. And it's like, and I can't like, it's not it going to last. Itself. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, for sure. <laughs> you, you all are playing a, a fest too, right? We are as, as of right now, that's our first show back. Okay, um, I will see. Oh, I will bye. see you there. I'm very excited. I'm doing the comedy stage. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> like my, my favorite. Yeah, I, uh, I'm like, for that to be our first show back would be would be pretty magical. So I'm like, part of me is like, okay, I'd like to make money. So I hope something comes along before then. But also, part of me is like, okay, but if that's the first show back, like, it's going to be magical. So, <laughs> that's true. That's a really great way to th- kick things off. Yeah. So that's fun. I remember, yeah, when we went to. Fe- <laughs> This is like the first thing that I thought of when we I, you said fest, which is when which I thought that's where I made a pineapple come because I have, <laughs> it's it's Halloween weekend for those that don't know. Fest I think a fest says the night I got drunk alone dressed as a minion. <laughs> I mean, these good, are fest memories. Yeah, just because yeah, the guy was dressed as a pineapple and you know obviously die. usually when you think of pineapple and come you think of someone eating it but I just. I went straight to the source, I guess. No, wait. I think I have a memory of you conferring with Brandy and I and being like, I think I distinctly remember you being like, I'm going to go fuck that pineapple. (laughs) Yep. I think that was what happened. So great way to get back into things. Good times. Say hi to the pineapple if, you know, if you see him in the crowd. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be on the lookout. Oh, I, I should tell the listeners, uh, We Are the Union is also a ska band, which I am so excited to have uh, of somebody from a, from a ska band ever on our podcast. I'm a massive ska fan, Reed. I've like for forever. Am I wearing checkered vans literally right now? <laughs> <laughs> always and forever. Have you always done ska, Reed, or did you start? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a lifer. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've tried to quit so many fucking times over the years. <laughs> yeah. and, and do something else or just quit in general? I mean, I tried to quit ska. Then I tried to quit music altogether. Then I came back uh, to music, but I said no ska. And then eventually I was like, this is not fun. Uh, and uh, and now here I am. But yeah, yeah. I, was, I was managing restaurants. I was trying to be a respectable adult, get a, have a quote unquote real job. Yeah. Um, was there a moment where you were like, this is the, like, I, I am done trying to have a real job where you're like, that's it. I know for sure I'm out. Yeah. I mean, so I was managing restaurants and, uh, I had been fighting with pretty much everybody there, um, who was like at, at and above my level, um, mm-hmm. forever. And, uh, about like food safety things, like really, really simple restaurant shit. And then we got a B from the health department. And I was like, I'm out like this is I, I don't want to fight with people over like how to run their business anymore. I don't want to like I just don't want to do it. I don't want this is not the job that I want. I'm miserable doing this. Like, yes, it's fun to stand behind a bar and make people cocktails. But like all the responsibility that comes with it is miserable for me. And also, like, it feels weird to be somebody who's like not that stoked on capitalism running around telling people what to do minute by minute. Like, that's a bad <laughs> feeling. It's not good. Yeah, to become a boss is like a little. <laughs> and can I also just add that, in my opinion, a B is the worst grade a restaurant could have because <laughs> A is obviously ideal, but a yeah. C, I'm like, this food must be fucking awesome. Like, if this place is open at all, this food must be the fucking jam, you know? And a B <laughs> is neither here nor there. It's just bad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I made me very upset. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel like working in like restaurants and stuff is a particular kind of like uh, can be a particular kind of soul crushing too. Just because like the like with waitstaff and things like that, it's like you're making so little money, relying on tips, and like you're seeing like the owners of these places like make a ton of money and everything, and it's just the they're so the way they're they're they work out is just not <laughs> they're no. it's so shitty. <laughs> I do kind of feel like though there is like in a way I think like the service industry because I like waited tables for years and like I 
I always kind of have this like Steve Martin in a stand-up book is like one can have affection for the war days. I think I forget the exact quote. It's like, but that's kind of how I feel about working in restaurants. Like, I'm really glad I did it for a little bit because it is like so wild. It's such a unique lifestyle and it gives you such a, I don't know, like it's, it's, it's a very like adrenaline fueled job. And like, you get to see so many different kinds of people and it teaches you so much about the world. I almost feel like it's like another college experience to work in a restaurant for a little bit. Yeah, I think that's why creative people are like also obviously drawn to it because it's like flexible and doesn't feel like a day to day office job. But yeah, yeah, it's exciting. You get to meet different people. And but yeah, yeah. it is also like can be very toxic and, and like shitty. Yes. And it's <laughs> because yes. people get away with also in the invite, like the same thing as entertainment where it's like, hey, it's just like how people are in kitchens. And you're like, no, I don't know about like getting sexually <laughs> harassed all the time. It's yeah. not maybe yeah. how things should go. Doesn't need to be like that, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> also, like the rest of the entertainment industry, the entire industry is just covered in cocaine. So there's that too. Like Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And like one kind of seamlessly transitions into the other. They're very well suited for one another. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I remember like working at like this like rib joint when I was in like my senior year of high school and like every chef in their thirties like would not stop hitting on me and I was like, I'm 17 dude you're a creep Ugh, god and then everyone was like super coked out want to be like doing drugs in the parking lot after i'm like i have ap classes to go do homework for i'll see you losers later this <laughs> is me in high school it's very fun oh man i used to work at this italian place in west Tally. i'm not gonna say the name I mean, but anyway uh we had so much fun and like i worked with this one server and he and i would always like keep a little cup of white wine kind of in where they made the uh the whipped cream and these, so we were always just like chugging white wine out of coffee mugs. And then we would keep four, this is so gross, but we would keep forks in our apron and go in the fridge and sneak the tiramisu was just like one big batch. And we would fucking go in there with the forks from our apron and just like take a bite of it and then go back to work. This is how you get a B. This is a B. That's, that's B material. <laughs> big time. Big time. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. Yeah. Do you, you have to send me the name of that restaurant later so I can never go there? <laughs> Absolutely. But the food is good, but the, the portions are too big. They're like, just give me the very center of the tiramisu. I don't want any of the yeah. edges. <laughs> I've been gone for a while. You should be fine. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So did you guys uh, record this album like during the pandemic or was this like a uh, how how was that with like so with social distancing, like putting an album together? Yeah, it was it was quite an adventure. Um, we basically like we had been doing sort of singles um, mm -hmm. prior to the record that were kind of just me working with our producer John Graber. And oh, I uh, love John. He's John's a, great. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Amazing. I forget yeah. the name of John. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we were working with John, and it was kind of just like me and John, and then we'd bring in Brent and we'd bring in other people as we could. But like, um, we were really missing out on that like everybody kind of in one place collaborating in the same room mm -hmm. um, idea. And given that it was a pandemic, we were like, how the fuck do we do this safely? And yeah. so what we our our haphazard plan that we demised was we rented an Airbnb, mm -hmm. um, which I, I told them it was a, uh, a work retreat for creatives, which is not untrue. Uh, not technically untrue. What they didn't know was that we were going to build an entire fucking recording studio in their living room and make a record in it. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. We were working and we rejected. Yeah. Like, I didn't lie. It's just yeah. stretching the truth. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so we, uh, we basically met at this Airbnb in the desert and we mm -hmm. just existed there through, we, I think we were there for like just over two weeks. Um, and the idea amazing. was kind of like, yeah, the idea was like, okay, well, if we're idiots and we fuck ourselves over, like, that's okay. But at least we're isolated together. So, like, it's on mm -hmm. us. You know what I mean? Like, that was kind of our approach to it. it was like, well, I mean, we're going to do the best we can and, like, you know, distance as much as we can when you're when you're um, creating with other people. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it was kind of like, well, at least this way, like, the risk is on us. You know, we're not like we're not totally. like we're going to a recording studio in L.A. and integrating ourselves into the community and like doing all this, all this, all this other stuff. So, yeah, we we kind of found a really cool way to to isolate ourselves. Uh, we we rented an Airbnb in Joshua Tree, of course, because mm -hmm. that's what you do. Of course. Get weird uh, out there. Good energy. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was uh, it was nice to like 
it was a nice getaway from from the city too, which was really fucking bleak during all yes. this. Uh, it was nice to to just be in the desert, away from everything, mm-hmm. completely isolated. It was really nice. Do you, had you um, worked on retreat like that before? Never, never. Yeah, we had traveled to like recording studios, but that's a, a totally different experience, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm a real advocate of creative retreats. I think like. And it's like, once you do it, it's like, I think how I, like once I did, I had my first big one, like after that, that's how I always want to approach anything big. Cause it's so much better. Like, it's so nice to cut the other noise out mm-hmm. and just totally allow yourself to like tunnel vision. Cause yeah, I mean, cause I don't know, like I think a lot, most creative people, like you just get weird. It's not really <laughs> a good time for other people to be around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You need to be a little feral, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You got to be a little feral and like you've got to be like, hey, it's three in the morning, but I have an idea. <laughs> you know, it's it. They, yeah, that that stuff is, is so, so helpful. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you did the thing. I mean, I feel like a lot of people were hoping to like, you know, do something big creatively in this. So you did, did it. it. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, it felt cool. It was, it was a nice like it was a nice kind of reset in general too. I mean, obviously, you know, obviously the pandemic is an awful tragedy and like, you know, there's, there's nothing good about it, but if there's a silver lining in it, it was kind of, it was nice for me personally to be able to like step away from my life and be like, mm-hmm. okay, what do I actually want to be doing? Cause I'm pretty sure what I'm doing is not it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so it was, it was nice. And, and to be able to then fuel that into that kind of like really, really hyper-specific creativity was, was really honestly one of the best experiences of, of my life. That's yeah. amazing. And then to leave from that with like a tan, not tangible, I guess, but you know, a piece that you've made, like something to, to actually show for it. What a cool thing. And then you, you came out publicly af- in, in earlier this year, mm-hmm. right? So was that part of that experience? That the- yeah. Yeah. It was all, it was all very wrapped in, which was very agonizing for the band. So, I, you know, where it's like, there's like 10 people on earth who, who know about this thing. And I'm like, nobody else gets to know. It's going to get really fucking weird working with people on this record. Cause nobody's going to know what it's about until like the last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, Oh yeah. That's a, that's so interesting. That's a fun, that a fun bonding experience though for everybody. I, I, I know a few, you know, friends who, who came out, as trans, like after the pan, well, obviously we're still in the pandemic, but you know, the hardcore lockdown because they said same situation. It gave them the opportunity to kind of like step away from the world and not worry about their expectations of them. So it's been like really beautiful to see, you know, these transformations. So, yeah. 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 I think for a lot of people being given the opportunity to like, just take a second to not be focused on the busy work of everyday life that is like foisted upon us to survive. It's, it's amazing to see like what about ourselves we can discover and realize when we are given like that moment to breathe. (laughs) And now we're just like back to the, we're all trying to be like, how do I not dive full face back into this garbage fest of. Uh, I'm seeing so many people talk about like, I don't know how I'm going to go back to like what I was doing before. I'm like, yeah. We're not yeah. going to do all that. We're not. No. And we yeah. and we know that now for sure. And it's like wild mm-hmm. to think that we should be expected to do it because it's just not. No, not happening. Like you can't, you can't like take off a pair of dirty underwear and put them back on. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I just, right before we started recording, I retweeted this news article, a bunch of employees at a Burger King just all quit and put at the same time and put on the marquee you guys saw the sorry we're closed we all quit and it's like yeah that's the deal yeah that's what's happening yeah Yeah. (laughs) you gotta pay people what they're worth and give them the space to like be human beings you know it's funny as i was talking to a a a friend of ours owns a restaurant and uh he he's been having no problem hiring people because he pays a good wage and he's like Mm -hmm. yeah i'm getting great people i've had no issues with these things whatsoever so you know it's just funny that you know everyone that's complaining i'm like well how much are you actually like looking to actually pay people because everyone has realized their worth and that's a very dangerous thing apparently (laughs) Yeah, every day from jimmy john's that are like come get a sandwich also do you need a job Like, hopefully, no, but I never know. I might be hitting you up, but for now. 
Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, we're going to take a quick break and have an ad from Jimmy John's coming to you. Just (laughs) We don't, but we'll take it. Okay. No, I (laughs) We'll be back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. everybody welcome back to lady to lady i'm brandy i'm babs i'm tess and we're here with reed wolcott hello again hello i like that i wave every time like this is a video (laughs) can't help it we appreciate it i get it i mean i'm sure you're doing like a lot of press and stuff right now and that's like what everything everything through the screen also just feels super weird because you're like i don't know what any of it's being used for and did it even happen because now i'm in my kitchen (laughs) i have to say so, quick side note: Tess and I did Andy Cohen's podcast to promote Toxic, our other podcast, uh-huh. and we were under the impression that it was going to be a full-on makeup interview thing. Had makeup people come over seven in the morning oh, to do no. our makeup. <laughs> Guess what? Not, video. Not a video podcast. Not a video podcast. <laughs> oh, oh no! Found out the hard way. We you log know, on. I- Andy's like sitting back here in like a yeah. sweatshirt. Just like I've never seen him that casual. I follow. I love his Instagram. I follow him religiously. This is a Andy I've never seen. And uh, Babs and I look hot as fuck. But you know what? We came back to the glam cave and we took selfies. And I don't regret how cute. Yeah, we, we used the, we used it, but it was a very funny. Uh, <laughs> not because like we were imagining because Paris Hilton had been on there and there she like looked perfect and there was this, and we're like oh okay it's gonna be like a Paris Hilton moment and we're like this is not a Paris Hilton moment all right like not not for you gals no 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 You'll just just the audio no, no, no. you just, guys are voice just the audio voice only That's got fine. it <laughs> yeah that was good times okay um let's get to know you a little better and ask some questions. Where is our theme song? Here it is. Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Who, what, where, when? Why? Okay, so I don't know if you know what the name of the game is, but we'll just let you guess. Um, Okay, (laughs) so these are questions. Answer them however you see fit. There are no right or wrong answers. Read. Who's your biggest influence and who do you want to influence? Interesting. Uh, this is going to maybe be a weird curveball, but Johnny Cash is like Ooh. all time, like lives lives at the back of my mind no matter what I'm doing, which is probably a weird answer for a ska musician. But you know what? <laughs> I'm going with it. How uh, old were you when you first started listening to Johnny Cash? Uh, an infant. I was actually in the womb. I, I was born loving Johnny Cash. We I, I come from a family of Johnny mm-hmm. Cash uh, appreciators. And actually the, the reason that I listen to Music Loud is because my grandpa used to, and my mom used to blast Johnny Cash super Oh, loud. I love that. There's nothing like him. That's Can't beautiful. play quiet. Is there anything about, about like him, like about him as like a, as a person or as an artist that like, uh, that, that you like bring forward or is it just the music? You know, I think it, what I liked when I was younger was, mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of this like working class, mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of a, he's just a guy for the working class. You know, he's just, he's, he's on your level. He feels like it's a strange enigma where he's like tremendously famous, but he doesn't really seem to give a shit that he's tremendously famous. Like, you know, he's going to Folsom prison and he's, he's hanging out, he's hanging out with the inmates and playing a show for them. Like, you know, I just think he's so, he was so not interested in being a traditional celebrity, but also mm. wrote these songs that were so viscerally relatable to all corners of the human experience. And then when you get to his kind of final records where he kind of was like, all right, well, time's, time's a coming, you know, he started to get this really somber, uh, he started to get this really somber, but kind of like beautifully hopeful outlook on death. And as like a little, a little baby bat goth kid, 
mm-hmm. around <laughs> that time that that record came out, it just like that, it, that like solidified it for me. I went from like, okay, this is like my parents' music to like, this is now my music. Uh, and then he called yes. the Nine Inch Nails song and it was just like, Oh he really got us all with that Nine Inch Nails. Song. Wait, I think that oh. was like on the TRL countdown and shit, right? I think so. Like, right yeah. before he died, he like made it onto MTV. And like, that's <laughs> such a boss ass last move. <laughs> Trent literally said, that is Johnny Cash's song now. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, I think you that's have fair. to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> Sorry, this is just a very insidery comic memory. So I'm sorry for people who don't get this, but they there was a show at at um, at whatever a comedy theater, and they were all singing songs. It's all comics singing songs, and Sean Conroy sang "Hurt." And if you know who Sean Conroy is, it's a very just kind of like a sad. I don't know, just a sad guy singing "Hurt" a cappella. It was very intense. Ooh, a cappella is it? Intense <laughs> moment. Is intense. Um, I also got to see, but Amy Poehler sang, yeah. sang "Blue Bayou," and that was great. But, oh, uh, I was at that show too. Wait a minute, oh, you guys. We were all probably on, there. I, no, I was on the sketch show before that show. Oh my god! Yes, oh. and that was like okay. That so sketch funny. show could not have been more embarrassing. I had multiple people, friends come see this sketch show. I did not write any of the sketches. I was only acting. I agreed to do it because um, I'm not going to say who directed it, but I agreed to do it because of who the director. It was terrible. But that night, it was all dudes, except I got to share a dressing room with Amy Poehler and Janine Garofalo. Oh, yes. I remember saying that. And it was like that. one That's of so the cool. coolest nights of my life. Like, they were so fucking... Like, they just tr- like we're so chill with me like they just were like yeah we're just hang-. i was like is this you know i was like early in comedy yeah and, like, I, was, like, I just got real? to chill all i was like i'm hanging out in a dressing room with, like the two coolest people of all time and like yeah it was <laughs> yeah wow we were all there that's crazy mm-hmm. whoa mm-hmm. Yeah, comedy's that is weird world. that's so funny <laughs> so johnny cash i will say is in an episode of columbo so highly recommend watching that. I've been wow. rewatching. If you rewatching Columbo, lots of old great LA locations, seventies as fuck. Um, and he stars as like basically himself, and he like he pla- he crashes a plane and then pretends that he like died or something. It's a it's a pretty wild. Story. Oh, so let's go check that one out. So okay, so then who do you? So Johnny Cash is your inspiration. Who do you want to influence? I think. For me, I'd like to influence like kind of anybody who feels like they maybe don't have a voice or, or, you know, taking that further. Some, some people just don't feel like they have anything interesting to say. Mm-hmm. And I think that's bullshit. I think we all do. And I think that yeah. that's like, if I can, if I can inspire a few people to, to, you know, share anything about themselves, their story, whatever, where they're at in life, be it with friends, be it creatively, be it whatever. Like, I think. I want I want to inspire people to have more honest conversations about themselves and about their own experiences. I love that. I feel oh, like yeah. it's so yeah, that's one of the hardest things to do in in life is to be honest with other people and be honest with yourself and so any like way we can whittle away at that I think is lovely. Whittle away? Is that a good Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for it. Whittle away, it. whittle away, whittle away now. That's like a, oh. if, oh, no. if a Weird Al's listening can can write a whittle a whittle song using the give it away. Read if you can do anything with I, that. I don't <laughs> ever want to do anything involving the hot chili peppers in any way. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It was in my brain. I Sometimes you just got to say something, though, you guys. <laughs> if you think something, sometimes don't say something. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. Um, what's your favorite live music memory? Ooh. Can I break the rules and, and have it be a memory that I wasn't there for? Sure. Sure. There yeah. are no rules. There yes. are no rules. This yeah. is all you. Uh, so <laughs> my all-time uh, favorite live music moment is uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, I want to say it's May 8th, 1965. I might have that date slightly wrong. Mm-hmm. Played... Uh, he was on his first tour playing electric, which uh, for people who don't know this, that was a huge fucking controversy for Bob mm-hmm. Dylan to play electric. It was like, yeah, people were literally like burning his records and, and, you know, buying tickets to his shows and not showing up. It was a whole thing. Uh, oh no, and, you yeah, bought a right? ticket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he played this show 
mm -hmm. uh, in England. And basically the entire, uh, he, he did an acoustic set that went very well. And then he did an electric set that for which he was heckled the entire time. And uh, he gets to the end of the set, very last, very tail end of the set. And someone yells Judas from the crowd. And Dylan just goes, I don't believe you. You're a liar. And then he turns around to the band and he says so fucking loud that you can hear it in the other microphones on stage. He goes, play fucking loud. And they play it like a Rolling Stone so loud that the recording that exists of that song is like clipping. This People said that every snare drum hit sounded like a shotgun was going off next to your ear. And he was literally like, okay. You're going to heckle me all night. I'm going to destroy all of your eardrums for my <laughs> ears for the next 24 hours. Like, I just like that. It does, to me, that's like one of the first punk rock moments, I think. <laughs> I where was that at? That. I forget. I forget exactly where I actually have a poster in the other room. I can give you the exact answer. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> I love I love that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just imagine. Like, it's just so wild caring. to spend your time to go to a show to heckle. Like that's next level waste of time. Like <laughs> so I had everything yeah. wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was Tuesday, uh, May seventeenth, nineteen sixty six, and it was in Manchester. Oh, okay. oh. gotcha. One of my favorite yeah. music moments of all time. And then, like, goes <laughs> to show that you can like do whatever you want. And then he still walked out of that, still Bob Dylan. He walked out of that more Bob Dylan, probably. More Bob Dylan than ever. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow, con what? it's so funny to think of, like, yeah, the contra music controversies of the past when Bob Dylan puts down the acoustic guitar. And goes electric. And I love, like, calling him Judas, comparing him to the man that, uh, you know, turned in Jesus for a pile of, <laughs> and cru got Christ crucified or whatever. It's like, I just... It's a different guitar. I can go back to the other one if I want. This one plugs into a mute a box. The other one doesn't. Oh but I know you're very mad. <laughs> I mean, what like a quaint controversy looking back, like from this from this point. Obviously, at the time it was such a huge thing. But you're just like, you tried to cancel Bob Dylan over electric. Reed, what do you think you would have done if you were there? Oh man, I don't. I just enjoyed I, it. I guess <laughs> I probably would have just enjoyed it. I mean, I probably would have. I probably would have had a big dumb shit-eating grin on my face honestly like because <laughs> yeah. i love that I, I there is something to me i also like i i'm kind of a contrarian by nature so like i mm -hmm. i really enjoy when bands make what i call like fuck you fans records like i like when bands are just like we sound like this now you know mm -hmm. and you like well, there was a band called hostage calm that was like a youth crew hardcore band like yelly like fast punky uh, mm -hmm. And then just out of nowhere, they dropped a record that was like, sounded like if the Beatles made a record with like Rush. Mm. Oh, wow. Like, <laughs> it was it was a new band. It was, but they just, they just did it. They were like, this is what we sound like now. If you don't like it, you can leave. Uh, and I like that. I just like when bands do stuff like that. Yeah. I saw that documentary about Sparks, about the Sparks Brothers or whatever. Who, it's a band I'd never heard of. And um Edgar Wright made it, the guy who made like uh, all those hot fuzz. Simon and... Cowell or Simon mm -hmm. Cowell. <laughs> Simon Simon Pegg comics. Peg. Um yeah. and uh and you know, I hadn't heard of this uh, of Sparks, but it was the same thing. They changed their genre Reed's like every time. Reed's just cracking time. up thinking of Simon Cowell and hot. I Simon Cowell stop picturing <laughs> I cannot stop picturing Simon Cowell, but specifically in the that remake. The like, do you remember the sketch? <laughs> that, that they did that was uh, a shopper shot remake of uh is it return of the jedi it was just like oh. a weird youtube sketch but i'm just picturing simon oh, yeah. <laughs> simon Pegg. <laughs> just replace him in all the stuff and see how it goes yeah. Shaun of the yeah. dead totally you know he's just like <laughs> criticize he's just gaslighting zombies Palaless. the whole time zombies. <laughs> also he has a he I, I worked on a i was a talent pa on a show that he was like a judge for and he was like he's a, like a tiny little man of with course. like he with heels on and it's i was like walking behind him and um just like he had he has like real chihuahua energy like i think that's where a lot of <laughs> Yeah. Okay, yeah. I will say this about Simon Cowell. He seems like obviously a giant asshole. I don't need to tell you yes. guys that. But, and I, I'm going to put this on the positive column for him. I can't, I only ever picture him on a jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> 
but like emotionless just like a, a an emotionless like, like that's just like my brain's getty image for simon cowell like every time he comes up i just see him on a jet ski does he have still you ever... have like the giant coca-cola next to him or whatever uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, have okay. you ever seen a photo of him on a jet ski or this is just like his like essence to you i don't know i think it's based in real life I'm going to no, Google I don't think Simon Cal Jet Ski and see if anything. I just imagine him just like unimpressed with the waves and just, nope. There, yeah, there's a lot of photos of him on a yeah. jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, there's a lot of pictures of him on yeah. a jet ski. I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> wow. And he's not really smiling in any of them. No. No. <laughs> joyless totally unamused on a jet ski <laughs> oh my god in this one okay now i'm just i wish i hadn't googled this because now i'm liking him more in this one he's smoking a butt on a jet ski that's awesome <laughs> it's having a real moment oh my gosh uh the sparks documentary babs oh yeah, yeah. no it's just about yeah. that it's this band that like has been around forever and they change their change their genre of music every single time and at one point they they were i guess some of the first guys to do like um some synth stuff or whatever and then they mm-hmm. got out of that but then when they came back and like got well known in the 90s people were blaming them for like using other people's influence even though they had like originated <laughs> because they had come around so many times and like kind of people forgot about them wow. that's <laughs> but, very but now they're super popular in mexico and so they're getting like a re they're like getting rejuvenated there so it was yeah it was really interesting um but they had that same thing where they were like people don't like like if you're gonna people don't like when you change up your sound all the time like they couldn't keep a fan base all Mm. because they always changed it up and the fans were like all right this sounds fucking nothing like the last thing so they had a hard time like holding on to people well i think it can be hard with like music too because like people want to hear the hits that like you you know, so it, which, you know, there's emotional cores to different songs. And it's like, ooh, I don't want to keep reliving that thing that happened when I was 16. But <laughs> it's the reason I have a house. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. Are there are there any songs that you just like will not sing anymore? You're just like that one's done. I'm I think I'm just retiring it. Or Yeah, I think I'm just I would like to just pretend that the band didn't exist before 2018. Mm, I just okay. think all four of those records just. We'll just pretend they don't exist. I think that's a good way to do it. So are you not going to play them at all? I mean, we'll probably get bullied into playing like one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah there will probably be riots if we don't play. I am like John Cusack, but also I hate that song. And, uh, <laughs> I, are you just sick of it? Yeah. I've just been playing it for too long. And also like, it's just a mean song. It's a mean song for like no reason. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it's just like a, it's a, it's a breakup song of the meanest variety and listening to it now, I'm like, I wrote a lot of words about somebody just because they didn't want to date me anymore. <laughs> and it's, like, it's just like very toxic. And I listen to it. and I'm like, why does anyone want to hear this? This is so this is so uncomfortable to listen to. It's just like a, a teenage tantrum, basically, you know? Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, it's good to move past stuff. That's what's weird when you're. You know, it's obviously different for comedy because people are expecting us to have new stuff and they want to like hear something they like, but they're usually wanting something new from you. So I can imagine when you feel like pressure to play, you know, old stuff and it's like, I that's not me anymore. I'd like to move on. Thank you. But like if you're performing, you have to commit to it, I'm sure. So it's like, all right, <laughs> put it on. Yep. Okay, let's do one more question. Okay. Where's the spookiest? Well, my voice. Where's the spookiest place you've ever been? Ooh. Well, I used to work in like haunted houses as like a set designer and an actor, so uh, my my threshold is pretty high. Uh, mm-hmm. Ooh, what's the coolest thing you designed? Uh, so we did uh, we did a falling wall uh, in. Uh, I probably shouldn't say the name of the haunted house because the fire marshal didn't know about that, and it's still open today. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we designed a wall in, uh, it was like the, the sort of like the last finale room, um, of this haunted house in Detroit where basically like you would walk by, there was a sensor, like a laser sensor, you would trip it and the entire wall was rigged to a pneumatic piston. It had like big, had big like foam spikes on it and it would just like, like kind of crush in on you. It was terrifying to walk through. I hated walking through it and I knew what was happening. 
<laughs> yeah, that sounds really scary because I think, yeah, in haunted houses, I'm looking for people or something like that, but not like a whole section of an actual wall to come at me. Yeah, yeah, and especially if you're a jumpy person, that kind of thing could really send you through the roof. Yeah, but my my thing is like is, is woods. Woods is my thing because Blair Witch, the Blair Witch Project, Ooh. traumatized me as a child. And so yeah. the spookiest place for me is just literally any woods where I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're when you're outside and you have one light that's looking out there, and you, like whatever's in that darkness. Ooh, no, thank Dude, you. Dude, I went on a run one time in Griffith Park and like, you know, I run at night a lot, but not ever in Griffith Park. And I was like kind of pushing it like whether I was going to finish my run before sunset and I didn't. And I had a light with me, so I thought I was going to be okay. But literally, the last two miles of that run were one of the scariest things I've ever done. Because I was seeing, like, my giant-ass shadows, like, projected onto the trees. And I couldn't see, like, where I was in the park or, like, what was on either side of me. It was really (laughs) That sounds terrifying. Yeah, I don't realize how... Yeah, lady to lady, fuck the woods. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do not sign off on that. I love the woods. But fuck fuck the the woods when they're being scary. Fuck the woods in parentheses when they're being scary. (laughs) Only when they're being scary. It's crazy how dark, you don't realize how dark, wow, this is, you don't realize how dark darkness is. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's poetic. Yeah. Until you're like, I agree because we're so used to like some source of light somewhere. Some light pollution of some kind. So when you're in like a truly dark place, you're like, oh, my like, my cell phone light isn't doing anything. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. It's shining. It's into shining into the reflective lights of the creatures watching you. That's what Mm -hmm. it is. Yes. So they can see you, but you can't see them at all. That's great. (laughs) I like to just like hold it underneath my I just look like I'm going to tell a ghost story. And I'm like, "Eh, maybe they'll just think I'm a ghost. You know, an animal. just be like, oh, it's an old lady. I'm going to run away because, you know, (laughs) ageism. Okay. Yes. <laughs> because the phone makes us look like that, not because we. All right. No. Let's take a break. <laughs> hey, everybody. We're back in Lady to Lady. I'm Babs. I'm Brandy. I'm Tess. And we're here with Reed. Hello, for the third time. I didn't wave. Mm-hmm. I was going to say That's no right. wave. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are going to do a lady problem. If you want to send us one, give us a phone call. 323-6-30. Lady. Lady problems. Lady. Lady problems. Lady problems, do you have them? Lady problems, do you have them? People have them. We are trying to get, we've got a lot on there. We're trying to get get through them all. So we may be a little backed up, but we promise we're trying to get to everybody's. Just so Mm -hmm. you know. I'm saying that because I feel bad this one's a little bit old. Here we go. Hi. um, I was really nervous calling in. Um, My name is Lirial. I have a lady problem. Um, I'm a trans girl and I haven't heard from my mom really since I came out over almost four years ago. She'll occasionally send me um, like a text that's like kind of hateful and pretty transphobic. And most of the time I just ignore it. Sometimes I respond and then um, on my birthday she sent me a message saying like, hey, I love you, happy birthday. And it was cordial, but I was like a super bitch back to her. Like I said, who is this? And she was like, your mother. And I was like, oh, it's been so long. I didn't know because it had literally been like years since I've heard from her. And then like, I was like, well, your actions say otherwise. And so I was just like really mean to her on my birthday. And then with Mother's Day coming up, I was just like, oh, fuck, do I just, do I try to be nice again? It's been three almost four years and I just don't know what to do if it's even worth trying to rekindle the relationship or not. Um, It just hasn't gone well and I don't know if it ever will. She's deeply religious. I, my dad, my dad's not even, we're not going to get into that. So um, yeah, if you have any advice on if I should maybe try to keep that open or just cut it off and move on, like I, I'm not that close. I don't know. Sorry about my voice. I, I, 
smoked weed before I called because I'm nervous. You guys are the best. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Don't ever apologize for smoking weed, especially before not. you call us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I think it's it's nice she reached out, I'm sure. Like that, I don't know. It sounds like she wasn't really happy, you know, obviously with her reaching out, but maybe that was like an olive branch of some kind. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, for, for me hearing that, it sounds like, it sounds like maybe, you know, maybe your mom is realizing how important you are and is Mm -hmm. maybe questioning some values. It's, it sounds like an olive branch to me for sure. You know, mm-hmm. it, it maybe sounds like a, a moment if you are comfortable with it, you know, and you feel like you can do that within your, you know, with keeping your mental health um, prioritized. If you feel like that's a, that's a bridge you could work on. Like, it sounds like, it sounds like an extended hand to me. Yeah, I think, I think so. And I think it's like, you know, maybe it starts by being like, Hey, here's, some stuff I'd like you to read or like, you know, just trying to like keep things, keep things to text maybe. So it isn't like going too quick, but like starting the connection and being able to maintain a boundary in case she is shitty about things going forward. But like, I, it, it's, it also sounds in your voice. Like you, you do want your mom in your life. If, yeah. if she can do it in a healthy way that is actually accepting of you. And like, that needs to be the, the deal breaker bottom line. You know, I, I mean, kind of, yeah. I kind of feel like she should meet up with her mom separate from her dad. Like, fuck the dad. Yeah, I think but the dad it, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I actually feel like the sooner this can become more of like an in-person conversation, the better. Because it's so easy to like misread texts or like you know, especially people. I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like you guys haven't seen each other for a few years. I don't know. Maybe is there somewhere you can meet up that isn't home? Can she come out and visit you? Like, I feel like, and like that gives her the opportunity to like hang out with your genuine self and just kind of yeah, like connect true. on that level, you know? Yeah. Just existing in the same space can, can sometimes be really healing when people are kind of, when people are, are mm-hmm. in moments of change, even just existing in the same space can be so powerful. Yeah, for sure. And I, I bet you also, you know, after having, lived through this much of the pandemic too I think that has really made a lot of people reprioritize and also just like Mm -hmm. find out what is important to them and what's not important to them and maybe like your mom doesn't have the words for it yet like to really understand that that's you know kind of what is at play here but you know I think it's yeah I think it's worth it to to be open as long as you know she can she can be be fucking cool about it yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's a sign, you know, she's reaching out after all this time. And um, yeah, I'm sure she misses you. We talked about on this show before, the like, with you kind of hold the power with parents. And I think we forget mm-hmm. that because they, you know, they want a relationship with you. And we kind of let them domineer us or domineer that end a lot because of just mm-hmm. that's the nature of it. So she probably is realizing that, you know she wants you in her life and um that's why she reached out and i think i don't blame you for your reaction at all to mm-hmm. her you know i would have been probably yeah. the same thing so yeah. like i think yeah you reacted the way you did and and that's okay and um mm-hmm. if you're feeling up to it i would maybe reach out again and uh also you yeah i would i guess figure out what context you want to relate to her in if it is in person you know if she can come to you or something where you're comfortable mm-hmm. in your life and you don't have to go back home where you might get triggered by certain things, you know, if, and, uh, mm-hmm. and also just, um, I guess deciding for yourself. Yeah. What your boundaries are or like, I don't know if you let her know that, but it's something where it's like, you know, I'm going to like try this, but like, this is where yeah. I draw the line. And it might be about telling her that too. And just kind of deciding yeah, where you're like, you know, you're going to be like, no, I'm good. So like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It might be too much to be like, this is your one shot mom. But I mean, it might be. So <laughs> it's also, yeah. I think it's okay to baby step it too. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay to, however you meet up, it's okay to say that like to yourself, you know, you don't necessarily have to go back to, you know, a 100% strength relationship right away. Right. Like maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's just as simple as, you know, you can text regularly. Maybe that's step one, right? Is being able to just have that like little communication, however you achieve that. Just the, the idea of being able to, 
you know, you don't have to go right back to um, full strength relationship. You you can be, mm-hmm. you can pick and choose whatever you're comfortable with, in the context of of communication with with your mother, a hundred percent. And that's and, a really good call. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's up to you. You know, it's up mm-hmm. to you to decide how much or how little contact. And I think just keeping that in mind it almost disarms it a little bit because you know there's no pressure. There's no pressure. You don't have to go back to every single holiday and calling every every week. You know, you don't have to go straight there. Right. Because like, yeah, the if if then the the interactions aren't so high stakes, which I think really mm-hmm. puts a lot of pressure on it and makes probably you anxious about it. And then it's just kind of like there's all this like stuff behind it. Whereas if you just kind of release that a little bit and just have these interactions when you want to. And then I unfortunately, like these views can take people a really long time to break, mm-hmm. you know, to break down. And I think that yeah. it can take time for them to come to terms with things in whatever way they need to do it. So that makes sense. Yeah. That's a good approach too. Yeah. And I think also just make sure that no matter how this kind of goes on, you're letting the people in your life that do support you currently, like know what you're doing and know how they can like be there for you through this. If you're, able to be in therapy at all and kind of talk to somebody through you know this this experience like the people that are close to you and the are kind of your chosen family right now like have an open communication with them to be like hey i'm gonna get coffee with my mom today can we <laughs> can we just like watch a movie i don't even want to talk about it tonight or whatever it is just like let let the people that that are in your life and are you know those that support system right now know how they can help you too yeah yeah and i think it's also like easier said than done but like this isn't about you you know Mm -hmm. like it's not it's like your mom has not been had the fortune of having a life experience which would have put her in a better position Mm -hmm. to relate to you and that has nothing to do with you and it's so easy to like personalize of course with your parents you take everything times a thousand you know but of course i don't know if you could if that helps at all to just kind of think of it in that way yeah no i think that's very true i mean it's like people are we have such like a we, we have such like a, a good concrete empathy where I think we're taught in America where it's like, I see you and therefore I have empathy for you because you're a living, breathing person in front of me. But like we have, we're very bad as a country, I think with like abstract empathy for like people that we don't know or have had experiences with or something. So, and we're so afraid of the unknown in a million different ways. And especially, I mean, like I, I grew up religious in a lot of ways and like that is a very, it, it can be a very small minded community um, that, you know, has, a lot of bullshit tied up in it. Um, and there, you know, is a level of brainwashing, brainwashing with a lot of it that can kind of come along with it too. And, you know, her, her reaching out is maybe like, you know, a first step in like being like, Oh, she's, she's got opposing thoughts happening in her brain. And that, that, you know, it, it you know, sometimes that does require patience as long as that patience doesn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But I think it's great that, that, you know, I think it's great that it sounds like she she may be ready to to examine some of some of her core beliefs and thoughts and and it says a lot about how important you are to your mom. So because yeah. there's something to keep in mind and all that too. Absolutely. And don't let yeah. that pressure you into making decisions you're uncomfortable with. Just no, yeah, but if you don't absolutely as an affirmation, yeah. not as a pressure. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. And you know. Call back, call us back, and let us know how it goes. You know, we're yes. all rooting for you. We love you. Yes. Okay, we'll do one last one. This is just a fun one that we got that we wanted to celebrate together. Aww. <laughs> Hi, this is this is Olivia Contes. Um, I called a couple months earlier when I was in DC, and I wasn't twenty-one what yet. But guess what? I'm twenty-one years old as of Tuesday. Let me tell you, don't worry, I'm not going to go too hard, but I am pretty drunk right now. But I just wanted to let you guys know that I made it back to Cincinnati, and I'm with my friends now. Also, my problem being in D.C., I feel like I made a pretty good job of it. I kept myself busy on the weekends pretty well. Um, But now that I'm back in Cincinnati, I am going out, and if you want any recommendations on places to go, I can 100% Did we? I don't know if we asked this. My go-to drink right now is a double vodka and Sprite. I'm... Oh, of course it is. told us that a $5 special. I'm on a rooftop right now. This is super fun, but 
I love your podcast. I still listen to it so much. And I just want you to guys, I just want you guys to know that I love it and I still listen to it. And I'm so happy that I can drink to you guys. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> happy birthday, Olivia. Happy birthday, <laughs> Olivia. Oh my gosh. That message just encapsulated being 21. Like, <laughs> I do not think I was drinking double vodka sprites, though. I was definitely drinking like fucking Long Island iced teas and shit. Little bottles of schnapps. For yeah, sure. oh, like, yes. I had like much like sugarier, like nasty drinks. So. <laughs> I think Congrats my 21 year old drink was a vodka crayon, which is kind of boring. Mm. And everyone the, starts there, I feel like, with something like that, where you're like, this is my sophisticated drink, you know? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm carrying. Like, okay, I don't drink a Boone's Farm anymore. Um, so a cocktail, <laughs> a vodka crayon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Happy birthday. So what a great. Yes. Um, we've been getting a, quite a number of drunk voicemails lately. You know what? So. I love it. I love you guys' drunk messages. Please keep them coming. They're really fun to listen to. <laughs> oh boy, the floodgates have just opened. <laughs> also, I think though, actually, no, I was, they're really fun. The last time we listened to voicemails, I was like, we can be kind of like a safe place to drunk dial. Like, don't drunk dial your ex. Call us. Oh. Three two three six five thirty. Drunk dial. Oh, you guys, tell us what you're, you you were going to say to your ex. <laughs> yeah, we won't play it. Probably. <laughs> Maybe if it's funny, we might. <laughs> we can bleep out names. Just tell us. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, Reed, that's the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. And everyone can see you at Fest coming up. And when is that again? That's in October. The Fest is uh, Halloween weekend. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, we have a tour with the Slackers in uh, yes. on the coast in December. Slackers and the Agrilites. I saw I saw you had a really great uh, uh, Instagram story about that. I was I'm also a former Lyft driver, and I also used to listen to the Agrilites record all the time as a Lyft driver. And uh, she had this amazing story about how like you now get to like play with them on tour and hear those songs live, and it's just so all cool right. to see like how you know how far you can come with stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so wh- where can people where can people find We Are the Union? Kind of everywhere or everything. I mean, we're on Spotify. Obviously, we're on Instagram. Twitter, wherever at We Are the Union, um, and uh, also we have a we have a nice neat uh, nice neat place to, for all your needs at WeAreTheUnion.net. Uh, you can find just about everything you would ever want to do involving us at that site. <laughs> yes, thank it's, you it's, so much, Reed. It's such a good record. I'm 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 excited to see it live. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I cannot wait to play these songs live. It's it's been. It's been, this is the longest I've had to wait uh, with a new Oh, record. man, I didn't think oh. about that. Yeah, it's like you haven't been able to even play them in front of anybody yet. Wow, that's exciting. That's, cool. cool. that's wild. We have not even played them all together as a unit. What? <laughs> wow. Time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so exciting. <laughs> wow, all right, everybody. Well, we'll see you in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> three, two, three. Six but thirty. It's six but thirty somewhere. Hey, ladies. This is Jessica. First time, long time. I just finished listening to the newest episode, and I knew I had to call in because you guys were talking about who your favorite alien is, and nobody mentioned French Stewart. I was shocked. Um, my personal favorite alien is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But anyone from the Third Rock universe will do. Um, Just thought I'd bring it to your attention. Love you guys. Bye. Hi, ladies. Um, I'm on my way to work right now for the second time today because I ripped my pants right before my restaurant opened. I'm a bartender. Um, Anyways, my lady problem, honestly, you know, it's really not that bad. I probably shouldn't be complaining, but... I started dating somebody recently, and he's really great. Um, We had a really strong friendship before we actually started dating because he had a girlfriend. Uh, But then eventually I was like, hey, buddy, you know, clearly we're both feeling the same things about each other. Anyways, my problem is that uh, I'm sort of finding that some of the things that I found endearing before we started dating are now kind of like making me cringe a little bit 
And I have this really bad habit of getting really bored in a relationship and picking things apart and, you know, causing fights and basically just sabotaging the relationship. Um, so, yeah, I guess any advice on how to, you know, keep the spark alive would be great because um, I love him a lot and I think it's going to go far as long as my devil brain doesn't get in the way of it. Anyways, love you guys. Hope you're having a lovely day. Don't drink too much coffee today. Or do. That's your choice. Okay. Bye.